smooth and it's terrible. She, walked, she opened it up. He called David. David called Colleen. Good morning. It's uh, Monday. What day is that? Uh, the calendar twenty. The second of October, and of course we are uh, in the third chapter of Second Kings. And the reason why this scripture is so important uh, is because you discover the heart of Elisha. When you when you see a man like Elisha imitating Elijah, it's quite revealing about the character, the integrity of this man. And all of us as Christians, sinful as we are, uh, righteous as we are, faithful as we are, unfaithful as we are, learn from this situation. And so, let me begin reading chapter 3. Joran, Joran is the son of, of Ahab. And he, he reigns for about, uh, I'd say, 12, 13 years in the place of his dad. He became king of, uh, of, of Israel in, in Samaria. In the 18th year to where Jehoshaphat is king of Judah. And so, and so right away you see that there's a elderly person called Jehoshaphat, a beginner called Johan, which Joran, which is the son of Ahab. He reigned 12 years only. And it says, He did evil in the, in the eyes of the Lord, but not as his father and mother had done. Oh, what a horrible thing to have that written down in Second Kings, that Ahab and Jezebel are in the history of the Bible as people who did evil in the sight of the Lord. And then it says, uh, he got rid of the sacred stones of Baal and his father, his father had made. Of course, of course, Ahab built a sanctuary in Samaria to the Baal god. And, and of course, in there, there is a, a stone built as a calf, a golden calf. And they worship that as their god. Nevertheless, He's talking about Joran. He clung to the sins of Jeroboam, son of the pet, which he had caused Israel to commit. He did not turn away from them. So he had, Joran had relationship with other gods, even though he did not worship as his father did, but he had relationship with other gods. Now the struggle here begins with one of the vassal states in which the king was, uh, was Mesha, the king of Moab. 
And Moab was uh, depended upon uh, Israel and upon Jehoshaphat and upon uh, Joram. He had to stay, because they were depended upon upon the king of, uh, of, of Israel, he had supplied the king of Israel a hundred thousand lambs with wool of a hundred thousand rams. But after Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against Israel. I'm not going to continue to give you two hundred thousand pieces of animals uh, a year as an obligation for being submitted to you. And so Moab rebelled. Now, when you look at Moab... And what's going to happen here? You have to go south of the Dead Sea. And we did that, uh, this last trip to Israel, and it's a desert. Desert like you've never seen. Mountains and, and, and wadis everywhere and dry land with uh, a lot of, uh, uh, as, if, as if it's been underwater for thousands of years. And now it's just dry, crispy, dry dirt. You touch it and it just crumbles in your hand. And that whole area is where the Moabites lived. And as you begin to read this, uh, so that time King Joran set out from Samaria and mobilized Israel. Rejohan, like his father, since Moab rebelled, the question now here is to try to find a way to get back uh, the deeds, the taxes that they needed to pay, which in case were 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 a hundred thousand rams, a hundred thousand lambs, just a, a lot of a lot of uh, animals, a lot of wealth that had to be paid. And so Joram talked to Jehoshaphat and said, "Can you join me?" And so the king of Moab rebelled against, against me, and would you go and fight with me? And Jehoshaphat answered, yes, I will. And so they began to talk about how to do the attack. And if you go into verse uh, 8 of chapter 3 of Second Kings, by what route shall we attack? To the desert of Edom, he answered. So the king of Israel set out, with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, after a runabout march of seven days, the army had no more water for themselves or the animals with them. And as, of course, I told you, that area is dry. It's one of the driest areas. That's where uh, we took a bus to that area and we uh, saw uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, the area of Sodom, which just uh, used to be the Moabites. And uh, it's a long area. It's a part of, of Jordan, the, the country of Jordan. And suddenly they began to realize these three kings, king of Edom, king of Judah, king of Israel, as they formed a unit, unit uh, and, and, and togetherness to fight against uh, the Moabites, that they went south as the route of the bus that we went to to. Uh, uh, south and in the, uh, that area uh, where uh, the difference was that the people in that area, the Moabites, began to notice that there's a great army coming down. 
And so, they noticed that they had no more water. Now, as you know, Elijah said there will be no rain. And the whole struggle between these nations was about water. About water. We got to have water. And suddenly, you begin to notice that the three kings are in a dilemma right now. They're going to attack the Moabites south of the the Dead Sea in the whole area south of it and they have no water to drink. Now how does the Lord work this out? Because you see as if God is in control of situations that we are not in control of. What is the Lord doing here? Is He does the same as it is today. How does God works out these situations? How does God work these, these things in the life of, of us and of them? The Lord, uh, the Lord has His man. In a few minutes, I'm going to introduce to you Elisha, which is the first activity of this prophet that received a double anointing from Elijah. Remember, the whirlwind and the horses of fire and the chariots of fire took Elijah to heaven. And Elisha is left with uh, <coughs> his mantle, and when he saw, he received the double anointing. And we shared about the idea of seeing, the, the discernment that comes to the eyes. Now this situation here is how does the prophet Elisha introduce himself to these three kings? There are three kings, Edom, Israel, and Judah. And they are south of the of the Jordan River, the Dead Sea, and that area south of the Dead Sea, and there's no water to drink. <clears throat> I want you to see that, because when there is a personal need, spiritual need in the life of a Christian, the Lord uses our personal need to introduce Him, to introduce to Him, to us, His will. <clears throat> I don't know, <coughs> I don't know, how does that occur? Because it's very strange. Everybody knows that the Dead Sea is just salty water. There's no taste to it. You can't, you can't drink that. The Moabites did have water to survive because they had a thousand rims and a hundred thousand rims and a hundred thousand, uh, 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 what is the name of the other animal? Lambs. Lambs and rams. It's 200,000 animals. They take a lot of water. Suddenly, the, the invading army finds that they have no water. Now, is that something to stop a minute and look at it? Yes, it is because, you see, our personal need brings us, us to the will of God. Our personal need brings us to the will of God. And when there's a personal need, then things begin to change. As you relate to others, as you relate to people, as you try to speak to them and to be with them and talk to them and be a witness to them, wherever you are in your personal life, it's not really based on... Uh, because because uh, one of the hardest things in the earth, 
hardest things in the earth to do is to be right and know you're right and not hurt people with it. The hardest things, one of the hardest things in the earth is to uh, be right and not hurt people with it. And so the Lord is trying to relate to these three kings in a gentle way, introducing the idea that there's no water, they're going to need something special. Three armies moving below Jericho on that, on that piece of the Jordan that thins out into the Dead Sea, and they're going south, and suddenly there's no water. Well, we've, we've been through the water problem, the rain that Elijah brought upon Israel, started with a small hand coming down into a torrent of rain in which, in which Elijah had to tell Ahab, run down and go home uh, uh, to Jezreel because there's a lot of rain coming. And, and the fear into the, the prophet, remember, he, he was afraid and he ran uh, five, 250 miles to the mountain Horeb seeking revenge and seeking peace. And so, the problem here is, is God intervening about the water. Because there's no water. So, what do you learn from this? You learn from this that our personal need begins to bring us to the perfect will of God. Our personal need brings us into the perfect will of God. All of you that are listening to me this morning, you have a personal need. And God uses the personal need to introduce you to the perfect will of God. So as you begin to look at, uh, at the scope of things, you know, the Lord spoke to me this weekend into a personal need that I had. And, uh, and I tell you, it was a wonderful thing that happened to me. He spoke to my heart. He told me exactly what is involved in that situation. And I was able to just uh, come home praising God and giving glory to God for what He had done for me. And so most of us that are dealing with dilemmas and situations and problems, your personal need, you're being away from God or being too close to God but not doing His perfect will, when, when there is a need in you, God uses it in order to introduce His perfect will. I hope you heard me on that. Now, let's take a look at this scripture because it's really something. It's really something what's happened here. I'm, I've been dealing with Second Kings chapter 3, verses 1 all the way to, uh, to verse 27. 1 to 27. It's a, it's a beautiful scripture. I don't know if I'm going to have time to cover it all, but I'll cover as many as possible. So you have three kings and three armies south of the Dead Sea. Thousands and thousands and thousands of soldiers. No water. And so they begin discussing between themselves what route shall we attack? Do we attack from the north? Do we attack from the south? Do we attack from the east? Or do we attack from the west? How do we deal with the Moabites? Now, all of these three kings, you know, and, and is, is Moab, is, is Mesh, uh, Mesh, uh, what is the name of the king? Mesh, 
and of course uh, 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 Joram and Jehoshaphat. The three are in the battle. The three are armed to their teeth to attack the Moabites. Here's what happened. One said, through the desert of Edom. Now, the desert of Edom is exactly where we went this last trip to Israel. It's the driest place in the face of the earth. I want you to know that for the first time, I tasted the, the dust of the highways in Israel. There was dust. When the bus passed by, it lifted dirt all over the all over the, the 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 around the environment on the on the on the bus. You could see dust through the windows. So the king of Israel set out with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. After a runabout much of seven days, meaning that they moved south to the desert of Edom, but yet not defined as to what to do. There's Things just weren't clear in the, in the mind of these three kings. The army had no more water for themselves, for the animals with them. And so the king of Israel said, said what? 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 Who, who said that? Exclaimed the king of Israel. Has the Lord called us three kings together only to hand, over, to hand us over to Moab? What? Where is the water? At that point, the oldest of the kings, his name is Jehoshaphat, is the king of Judah. He simply said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord through him? Is that, not, is that a prophet? Well, as you know, everybody had prophets. I mean, if, if there's something in First Kings and Second Kings that you get clear every time you study, is that every, every priest, every king, every servant... They have their own prophets. They're a school of prophets. Moab, 500 prophets, 1,000 prophets, uh, uh, 4,000 prophets, everywhere. In an office of the king, I don't know, it doesn't say his name. He must have been close to the three kings. He said, I, I know, I know, I know a prophet. Elisha, the son of Shapa, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. He used to work with Elijah. His name is Elisha. Obviously, these three kings had no idea that Elijah had gone into heaven in a whirlwind and a horse, a chariot of fire, and horses of fire. They didn't know, but, but there was somebody there that knew. What, what, what does that mean? It means that now you're going to see the orchestration of the will of God as to how to get His will across. If you are a Christian, and you're serving the Lord in your life, there will be a lot of attacks against the kingdom of God, against the will of God. I can feel them. I can see them. I can understand them. And the problem is, is that sometimes unsolicited advice is received as criticism. Unsolicited advice is received as criticism. Sometimes it is. And so those of you who know the truth, understand the truth, need to know that if it's not of the Lord, it will not prosper. 
If what you see that is wrong, it's against God, it will not prosper. You have to get your mind set that the Lord will use your need to accomplish His purpose. God will use your need to accomplish His purpose. And right now, exactly this place, just a soldier. I don't know. It doesn't say. I'll read the verse for you if you like. Uh, an officer of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, the son of Shapa, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. I know him. Now this man here introduces the perfect will of God to three kings. You know, if you're a king, you should hear from God directly. But not in this case. So what we learn from this? We learn from this that uh, you got to know who you are, who your friends are, and be open to what the Lord is revealing to you, and not be bothered about what anybody says. Don't listen to the voices. Listen to the perfect will of God, and when it's said, there's an anointing in it. You know, it, 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 he, he is actually he is actually proposing that there is a man, the son of Shapa, used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. I know him. Now that is an advice. I told you that uh, that unsolicited uh, advice sometimes is viewed as criticism, but in this case. The anointing of God was present between the three kings in this official. He's an officer. A man of reputation within the army of the king of Israel. So Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. Another confirmation. So what is this Jehoshaphat saying here? Here are three kings south of the lake of Dead Sea. No water to drink. Animals without water. The three meet together. Someone that knew and experienced the prophetic presence of God says, I know a man. The three kings listen very carefully. So what does this mean? It means that as you begin to search the will of God, you've got to pay attention to where you are, what are you doing, because out of the mouth of somebody, out of the advice of somebody, I told you that that unsolicited advice it can be received as criticism, but when the Lord speaks, it doesn't become unsolicited. When the Lord reveals, it doesn't feel like unsolicited. When the Lord brings the word into your heart in the conviction of the Holy Spirit, as I hear, as I heard this weekend, it's not unsolicited advice. It was the voice of God. It was the anointing of God. It was the conviction of God was what you wanted to know and to see. Now, I've, I've experienced that this weekend. I didn't know really what was there, but I saw very clearly what was there. Now, it's not my question to change that, my, 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 my job to do anything on that. My job is to say, I know a man, I know a man who used to wash the feet and the hands of Elijah. And that's good enough for me. His name is Elisha. And a confirmation came from Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. The word of the Lord 
is with him. <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing to know specifically that uh, your heart is pure, your heart is clean, your heart has no, no hate, no anger, no unforgiveness, and you are released completely in the hands of God to fulfill your ministry. And so, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Edom, went down to him. <laughs> I love that. Now, this verse, uh, <laughs> it's verse, uh, verse 12. It says, in the king of Israel, the king Jehoshaphat, in the king of Edom, in Jehoshaphat, which is Judah, went down to him. To whom who? Elisha. Now, isn't that something? Isn't that something? That, that the double anointing here is operating powerfully. Just a double anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. Powerfully. I love that. Because you see, it reveals clearly to me that now from this moment forth, the Lord will perform His perfect will. Of course, I, 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 what, what they needed is water. I don't know what you need, but you need something in your life to remove unforgiveness from your heart. And if it doesn't happen, you're trapped forever. And if you're trapped forever, you'll not get out of it. If you trap forever, you will never experience the peace of God. Listen to me. If you are trapped, you will never experience the peace of God. Three kings, three kings, for the first time united, for the first time in years, they fought against each other all the time. But now three kings agree. What is that? Is the Holy Spirit of God? That's what it is. Is the Holy Spirit of God? Three kings went to the prophet. You don't see that in the Bible anywhere. <laughs> you know, what in the world are we going to say? We're going to go talk to him, all three of us. For the first time, there's unity. Let me read uh, verse 13. Of course, they got there. Of course, I don't know where it went down. Where is he? Don't tell me that Elisha is is home, his home is <laughs> in the, uh, close to the Moabites. I, I, that, that's all I can tell you. I, I believe that. I believe that Elisha was closer to the Moabites. Elisha said to the king of Israel, "What we do have to do with each other." Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. This is, uh, this is Elisha saying to Joram, uh, saying to the Moabites, Mesha, saying to, to Jehoshaphat, why don't you all come to talk with me about? Why don't you go to look at the prophets of your mother, which is Jezebel, and the prophets of your father, which is Joram. You are a son of Ahab. Why don't you go ask him? Why do you come to me? 
this is really cute. You know, you're talking about three kings trying to get advice. If we go, what do we do about water? And the king, <laughs> and Elijah said, what do you come to me? Go, 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 go see, go see the Baalistic mentality. The Baalistic mentality introduces a form of godliness that denies the power. It's impossible to accept the fruits of the Holy Spirit and deny the gifts. But the Moabites have that type of tendency. They try to do something halfway there to where it pleases others. And so the king of Israel responds to Elisha, and he said this, Because it was the Lord who called us three kings together to hand us over to Moabite, to Moab. Elijah said, As surely, now, when, when, when verse 14 here is the greatest moment on this scripture, it says, As surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you or even notice you. I know who you are. You play both sides of the field, of the game. You please these and you please the others. And, and, and just to look at you, Joram, just to smell you, Joram, it makes me sick. Because you are not defined. You are a pleaser of men. This is exactly what Elijah, Elisha is saying here to to Joram, the son of Ahab. The sight of you makes me sick. But because you all three united together, and because I never seen you talk to each other the way you did, Moab, South Israel, and Judah together, bring me a harpist. <laughs> bring me, in other words, I need a little help here because the way it, the way it feels like is that I need to, before I hear the Lord, I need to calm down my spirit, because I'm, I'm, I'm in the presence of some stickness. I'm in the presence of people that play both sides. I need a little help. I'll see you tomorrow. The Lord's got to finish this story. Amen. Now, Yeah.